was like, okay, you cannot talk about pistachios this week. I'm, I'm turning into Christelle. <laughs> I just, I think miso and maybe some sesame seed. <laughs> also, this random fruit you've never heard of. Welcome to Style and Substance, a great British bake-off podcast. I'm Ada. And I'm Betsy. We're former college roommates based in Minnesota with a shared love of all things British Isles. Today, we're discussing the ninth episode of season nine of the Great British Baking Show. We've seen a lot of intense patisserie weeks in the bake-off tent before, but never one quite like this. Stay tuned as Betsy and I discuss what might possibly be the most mind-blowing bake-off episode ever. You had sent that teaser of like, oh, I know what happens. And yeah. I was like, so Jurgen goes home and you're like, said nothing. <laughs> like you told me not to tell you so it's true what am i gonna say if i say no it's a lie if i say yes i told you um i will say i watched the cold open and i was like well maybe this is what she was talking about paul as elvis was hilarious to me for no reason i will say noel fielding as david bowie he could have a side hustle there so the signature was a patisserie style layered slices extremely continental and like something i've probably never eaten in my entire life um but sound good christelle at the beginning said she felt like she was the least capable baker of the group going into this episode mm -hmm. and i was really like really i can see where she would think that but she's really really strong and and came in with some really really good ideas and really you know, showed her strength this week. At least Chiggs would have felt the same too, because, you know, Christelle's the flavor powerhouse. She's, you know, always coming up with new and interesting flavors. Not miso this week, I will note. Chiggs is just like really solid. He makes things that look good and taste good and are like surprising and, um, and you want more of them. Giuseppe is comes up with these really amazing bakes and pulls them off. And then there's, you know, again, Jurgen the serial killer. So, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure. Chiggs might feel the same way or Giuseppe might feel the same way going in of like, these are all really strong bakers. I thought um, Giuseppe's choice of tiramisu was really smart. And obviously, Paul loved his, you know, raisin soaked in wine. Um, I thought that was a little gaggy sounding. Yeah. Um, yes. Like I'm not a raisin hater. So I can see where raisins can, can sometimes lend a surprising character to something it just seemed like yeah. too su too surprising like when he was talking about it not cooling off fast enough i was like oh giuseppe do you think the universe is, <laughs> is this a sign <laughs> if i were giuseppe i would have maybe chosen a different dried fruit but he obviously knew what he was doing and it turned out well so um, he got a handshake for that i was a little worried about chigs because he just seemed so under control the whole time so i was like yeah. what have you forgotten to do with this bake but apparently yeah. nothing he, ch he chose um raspberry and chocolate which is 
admittedly a safe flavor choice. Mm -hmm. Those things are always going to go well together. He also did not put Italian meringue in his, which he was, I guess, the only person who didn't do that. And so, um, you know, yeah, a little worried about um, Chigs, but he got a handshake too. I feel like we've consistently seen Chigs really do well with time management of knowing mm-hmm. how long things are going to take him, how long they really need to be in the fridge um, so that he's not rushing at the end. And I feel like that was truly his triumph in the signature was that, yes, it's simpler than everyone else's, but I know I'm going to have something really good at the end. Yeah. Christelle's was beautiful, very striking. Mm-hmm. I, again, with the sesame and then she had layered them twice, I think. It was just so elegant looking. And mm-hmm. honestly, like of all of them, that one especially looked like something you'd see in a you know French patisserie shop window. And look at it and go, it's beautiful and I want to eat it. They looked decadent and creamy and uh, delicious. And um, the effect on the top with the little disc was really beautiful. And when she got the handshake too, I was like, oh my gosh, are they all going to get handshakes? Right. Yeah. But- right. They didn't because Jurgen made a beetroot patisserie slice. I think Jurgen's looked really cool and I really liked the concept. And I thought his critiques were that the flavors were not really present. He had really nicely textured cake, but it was just kind of forgettable. I feel like Jurgen fell into the trap that so many patisserie week bakers fall into, which is that it looks beautiful and doesn't taste great. Yeah, he did style over substance and you need to be style and substance, Jurgen. Yeah, and usually he is. And and again, it's like they, they didn't have anything terrible to say about it. It's just like, well, it's just okay. But this week, okay was not good enough. When when they said what it was, I was like, oh, okay, what would I make? And I was like, maybe raspberry and chocolate. And then Chicks did that. And, I, and for absolutely no reason, because no one's getting points for this. I'm like, well, now I can't do that. And what I actually landed on was my, like um, Meyer lemon, Meyer lemon with um, raspberry. So you get kind of a, and maybe like vanilla or white chocolate. So you would get kind of a raspberry lemonade effect going. And then my mind started going to like, could I do like, black tea flavored like could I do it like a tea flavored cream or something mm-hmm. um because that would be not very hard to do to do to infuse some some cream with a tea bag and then whip it up and then you get kind of a lemon raspberry tea kind of thing going on was kind of inspired by Giuseppe's um tiramisu kind of made me think about like some sort of like cappuccino flavor. So I was thinking like, what if you did a cake that was like a really moist kind of brown sugary cake, like a spice cake, but without the spices and then Mm. layered that with maybe some chocolate ganache and some sort of like cappuccino flavored cream. And it seems like you could dust it with uh, cocoa and maybe a mix of cinnamon and that would kind of elegant without well trying to keep chigs's uh, strategy in mind of like how can i get the most impact for the least amount of effort shall we move on to the technical we shall to the sable breton tart out of all of the patisserie wake bakes i've ever seen i think this one might be the one that i look at and i'm like god i would eat that it was visually beautiful the flavor mm-hmm. sounded fabulous with the fresh fruit and your favorite pistachio pistachio i i was like this is really strategic of prue because it's it requires being able to bake the the biscuit like bottom layer Mm -hmm. make the 
I forgot what they called it jam that you didn't mash all the way down. Yep. And and they had to make the pistachio mousse, like the, all the fruits on top, and glaze them and make the ma- they make the little meringues and gild them. And so like time management, knife cuts, mixing things, <laughs> reading directions, finding <laughs> like, your piping tip. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> like all some of, with like, more success than the others. Yeah, making a mousse that holds together. All of those things that really had to come together. I felt like um, the spirit of Flora had invaded this bake. Like all the twiddly oh, bits. A lot, a lot of faffing. Yeah, there was a lot of faffing about for sure. Yeah, right. Like bits. where if they this had been their signature and they had done this, they would have been like, "It's fine." But Paul would have like been pulling the meringues off of it and the chocolate curls and been like, "This is what you should have presented." They all did reasonably well, with the exception of Chig's. There was none that was just completely perfect. If Jurgen had turned out an absolutely perfect sable Breton tart, maybe that would have changed the outcome. But he didn't. Right. They thought yeah. that the biscuit wasn't. It was baked too much, not enough. Yeah, it was overbaked. They said um, he was the only one who got it right that it's just flat on the top. Like, well, Chig's got it right, but then he didn't yeah. bake it long enough. And yeah. I, the fact that Chig's had made like pistachio vomit, uh, just <laughs> it was it was distracting. Like, good for him. He opened it up and he was like, he was like, oh my god, okay. Like, and this is what I have to present. Like, <laughs> this is what I've got. I'm gonna work with it. Although I did think like him just like flinging the pastry bag around, like this is not set up. I'm like, <laughs> so go put it in the fridge. <laughs> You you flailing it around like wacky, waving, inflatable arm flailing tube man is not going to help you. Christelle and Giuseppe did fine. They just didn't, they obviously never had one of these tarts before and did not know um, that it was just a disc of, I think it's just like sweet pastry is what it sounded like. As they go along, the instructions get more and more cryptic and it was not clear how much fruit was to be put on or in in what kind of formation and um and so christelle and and i think giuseppe focused on putting the fruit on beautifully instead of Mm -hmm. piling it on and so they got comments that they didn't have enough fruit on theirs really depended on you having actually seen one before Mm -hmm. and i think jürgen had he seemed like the only one who very confident yeah in a in a way that leads me and was talking about it in a way that leads me to believe that he has has either seen one or eaten one or made one should we go to the showstopper yes had to make a themed banquet display right as i often have been called upon to do right for the many many banquets i have exactly and i've often been told that there needs to be an edible centerpiece with 12 entremet desserts <laughs> all took really, really different paths with it and came up with really, really different presentations. I thought Jürgen's was a really good and cute idea. I know he went with matcha because it's a Japanese flavor and he could have gone in so many different directions that he didn't um, to make them just a little bit more visually appealing and also taste appealing. Maybe you should have picked like key lime or apple or seemed like he got so stuck on this theme that he had going Mm -hmm. on because I feel like he and Chiggs definitely had there's kind of more of a narrative to their whole thing their entremets Mm -hmm. were playing with their um, centerpiece more than Giuseppe's and Christelle's were 
but he got so caught up Jurgen did in the the theme of his thing that I feel like yeah. he basically put blinders on and the, he felt like the only thing he could use was matcha because it fit his mm-hmm. theme and it's like you literally have any flavor in the world open to you they do yeah. not have to be japanese flavored chose the beet, never made beetroot and matcha i was like right so the yeah. world's most polarizing flavors like right why don't you right. just stir some raisins in there and get it over with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> speaking of raisins giuseppe's was adorably cheeky um i love the leaning tower of pisa and i loved his the, his entremets he had he tried using pine nuts which the flavor didn't work out mm-hmm. but what an unusual flavor to use and um very nod a nod to tuscany you know it didn't have the overall visual impact um that the other three mm-hmm. did um the tower was amazing but yeah. it just looked like and now we have 12 blobs at the base yes of it right christelle's was so beautiful she's really good at getting inspiration from the things that she's passionate about which is often her family Mm -hmm. and so she brings these really um and i don't think she's just like blowing smoke because some people are like that you can tell they're kind of like well it's my grandmother's recipe but with christelle it's like she's really using her family to inspire the things she's baking and that's i think really touching and also probably makes it kind of ratchets up the impact for her and the the emotion of it so you can really right. like see and see and probably taste the passion that went into it you yeah. looked at it and you were just like i can't believe that you made that right in five hours like it was just incredible right. and she had the candle in the middle so she got to you know have some body jokes with matt so that yes yeah. everyone wins <laughs> chicks was kind of inspired by family too it was simple playful but impactful. He said that those apples tasted so good. Chiggs rarely gets flustered when he, like with the moose, when, when something goes wrong, he's just like, okay, there's that. Um, but this time when, when that, and when the apple tree broke, mm-hmm. he did like this, like frantic dance. Like, oh God, oh God, oh God. Like, and I was like, that's the most flustered we've seen Chiggs get this whole season where it was like a little jig of anxiety. And then he, in 10 seconds, he was like, oh, I can fix this. And I was like, and there's the difference. They are all so genuinely shocked at their own success in a way that is just so heartwarming. They're all happy for themselves, happy for each other. And the three that got through are just amazed that they did. Jurgen, before the judging kind of paraphrased what we had said last week after last week's episode, where he said there were just four star bakers in the tent the other three wouldn't have made it to the finals without Jurgen because he raised the bar so high that those other three worked their asses off to surpass him it got to the point where it was like they all had such good weeks that anyone who made a bake that was just good and not fantastic could could go home and it happened to be Jurgen. there was no smoking gun for Jurgen. like he was first in the technical the biggest difference between what Jurgen did and what the other three did was that Jurgen being a robot finally caught up with him like the other three baked with yeah. all their hearts and Jurgen doesn't have a heart and he couldn't bake with one so <laughs> he turned out things that were good but they just didn't have any 
passion to them. And I think it's like where you can take the love in the bakes, you know, it was missing that ingredient. I think that's right. Yeah. I think you're very accurate. I like, honestly, if you're going to made it to the final win and won, I honestly might've been a little bit let down because it would have been so predictable, mm-hmm. but now it's like this big twist. And I, I don't think it's an unnecessary move. I think Jorgen had one bake that was not as strong as the other bakers who all got handshakes. Mm-hmm. He did say at the end, everyone else is shocked, but I knew it. I do want to say the, the squirrel reacting to Christelle screaming at, on the phone at her family and then screaming back. Like that's oh. that squirrel was the star baker <laughs> this week. Like squirrel won it in the last five seconds of the show. And that's it for this week's episode of Style and Substance, a great British bake-off podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next week, I'm Betsy. And I'm Ada. We can't wait to see what happens in the finale next week. Catch you then. Bye.